With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. When a guy took a s*** in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What up is my? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah! This podcast is all over social media. So follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also the Facebook group. Just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. We got a guest we're really excited about here, former NBA scout for the Raptors and Hawks and the former head video coordinator for the Wizards working under the likes of Flip Saunders, Randy Whitman, and Scott Brooks. Brian O'Ringer. Yeah, he seems like he has a little bit of a uh, issue with Washington, with the Wizards as well. So it's exciting. I don't yeah. feel like I'm on an island. Look, he's not a household name because I didn't even know who he was until he started seeing the tweets. And the guy's a beast on the tweets. Yeah, well. man. When you sent that to me when I was at work, I laughed out loud at my desk. It was freaking <laughs> awesome. But he does have over 15,000 followers on Twitter, if that means anything to anyone. But, you know, so he's legit. Any Wizards fan or NBA fan needs to ch- needs to follow Brian at Scout with Brian. I'm telling you, he's an amazing follow. So yeah, please do that. Also, you can check out his YouTube page. Uh, Brian also has a podcast called Scout with Brian. So and finally, his website, amazingly enough, is also ScoutWithBrian.com. So I'm also going to put all the links on the what is it, the written part or whatever you know, the summary, <laughs> whatever the fuck. If you don't know it, I sure as hell don't. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll call it that anyway. His links will be there. Just click them or <laughs> tap them or whatever. A little bit later as well, we're going to have another top five. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. So two weeks in a row. It's, it's yeah. been a while. It's the holiday season, man. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. But first, let's start with a preview of the week 17 matchup between your six and nine Washington football team traveling to Lincoln Financial Field to play the four, 10 and one Philadelphia Eagles. All right. So this game is a win and you're in, right? I think we all know that if Washington wins, they win the NFC East. If they lose, then it's a wrap. So the Eagles were eliminated from the playoff um, after getting stomped by the Cowboys last week, 37-217. And the game was flexed to Sunday Night Football on NBC and has a start time of 8-20. As of now, the Eagles are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Vegas loves us, you know? They really do. I mean, (laughs) jeez, man. Well, They just got trounced by Dallas, for God's sakes. Uh, I know that they're at home, but it's not even really home. I think it's the Taylor Heineke McLaurin situation. Yeah, I I understand, but jeez, man. Yeah, so there you go. But uh, I like to do these little fun facts as of late. I'm going to ask you if you know this, Noel. Washington has not beaten the Eagles in Philadelphia since... Uh, it's probably 92. <laughs> not, not quite that bad. <laughs> I know. Give it another shot. Um, uh, it's been, I don't know, six seasons? No. 2016, four seasons. So okay. it's still been a while. way off. It's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, you can have an entire high school career until they've uh, yeah, beat them. Yeah, yeah. Here's another one for you. Washington hasn't swept the Eagles since... I don't know. Why are you asking me these things? Also, 2016. It was a it was a trick question. 
and oh. you failed miserably. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not an analytics guy. No, I just read things. That's all I really yeah. do. You know. As far as the injuries go, as of Wednesday, because we are putting this out a day before, for Washington, you know, here are really the two that matter right now. Uh, Rivera believes Alex Smith has a good chance to start, but he also said that last week. So, and Alex said that he was really close to playing last week. The calf just got sore on him the day after practice, so he was held out. You know, not a big game or anything. The yeah. phantom calf? The fa- yeah, the, the calf that <laughs> isn't there. Yeah, I don't know. He's feeling pain in something. In a wire or something that's in there. The ghost cat. <laughs> and then uh, also, obviously, Terry McLaurin is recovering from a high ankle sprain. That actually just came out yesterday that it was a high ankle sprain. So that's some good news. Uh, he's iffy to play. Right now, he's technically doubtful, but that could change throughout the week. So good news on that yeah. front. For the Eagles, Jordan Mailata, the tackle, he's questionable. Fletcher Cox is also questionable. Kevin Seymour cornerback is out and Josh Sweat defensive end is out so Vegas seems to think that all four of those are those players are going to be out because this game means nothing let's keep our fingers crossed well, on that Fletcher one. Cox is always questionable he's just questionable so he doesn't have to practice yeah but he may not play this game yeah yeah I know let's let's hope not all right um well as we always do let's get started with Washington's offense versus the Eagles defense you go for it Noel I've been talking for a while well the offense has got to be better than it was last week right I mean, it's got to be. Does it? Yeah, it showed life at the end when Heineke came in, but it couldn't get much worse as far as turnovers, bonehead plays, not sticking to the run, just complete ineptitude on the offensive side of the ball up until the last nine minutes. So as far as Philadelphia's defense, really the only thing that they have is their defensive line, which you said a lot of those guys are questionable to begin with, so who knows? Pass defense, they're weak. Andy Dalton, for God's sakes, threw for 377 yards, three touchdowns. He was bombing away on this defense. So it's doable. What, 377 yards passing translates over to a Washington quarterback? I don't know, 150? (laughs) So (laughs) they have a good run defense that's decent, but Ezekiel Elliott ran for 105 yards last week. So who knows? They can do some things against this defense if they get their head out of their ass. I mean, it's the usual things that we talk about. Yeah, so similar stuff from you, but for Washington to win this game, I mean, to me, they have to see what works and stick with it. I don't really give a shit if it's running the ball because, like you said, they do have a pretty good run defense majority of the year, the Eagles do. But I think that we've been able to run on some teams even with pretty good run defenses taking Pittsburgh out, but that was Gibson was out and that whole thing. But Gibson's back, feed him a little bit. They need to pound the ball to help whichever quarterback is in there. If McLaurin's not in there, they got to help the other wide receivers. Running the ball is the way to fix that, or at least to assist them, you know, and put more guys in the box and be able to, at the very least, get the ball somewhat down the field. I'm not asking for bombs, and you're not going to get it from Alex Smith, usually. Heineke, who the hell knows? He may be bombing all over the place. But, uh, (laughs) But, you know, I think in this game, they just need to get out of the defense's way. See what works. See what they're halfway decent at. Get some first downs. Be 40 plus percent on third downs at the very least. Just give them a rest. Let them game plan a little bit throughout the game. See what's working. See what's not and not just go three and outs. If they're running the ball works great. If not, dump offs work. Just move the chains. Yeah, and Philly's defense is vulnerable over the middle of the field. I mean, Logan Thomas should have a good day, and he's a a great security blanket. You don't have to go crazy here, especially if McLaurin's not there. Do what works. Get the yardage. If you can't run the ball, do the short shit, and that's your running game. Yeah. Like you said, stay out of the defense's way. Produce. Get some first downs. Move down the field. Time of possession is important, which they got dominated against Carolina. And hold on to the ball a little bit. Work it. Allow your defense to rest and not just sit on the sideline with their helmet on because they already know they're going to be coming back into the game. It can't function. And they have to come out with some type of urgency to start the game. You cannot come out in a playoff game, which is what this is, Mm -hmm. and come out flat again. It's 15 games that they have gone with no opening drive points. And I'm not even asking for those at this point. It's a loss. I accept it. (laughs) But could you move the ball or at least change the position of the field? To start the game. Yeah, I'd like to not see him start on the five, you know, because right. Steven Sims doesn't feel to fucking punt. Look, the Eagles can be thrown on, but I don't think this is the game to push the envelope. 
You do not want to have any forced turnovers. No. You, you just take what the defense gives you and call it a day. And like I said, get out of the defense's way and hope right. that the defense can produce some some turnovers. And speaking of which, let's move on to the defense versus yeah. Philadelphia's offense. I'll go. Go for it. To win this game, I believe the Washington's defense needs to control Jalen Hurts' ability to run. Imagine that, right? Novel idea there. But, you know, they did a really good job overall against Russell Wilson, who I think is a significantly better quarterback than Jalen Hurts at this point in his career. He had one or two runs that hurt, but overall they did pretty well with them. The front seven needs to stay disciplined. Uh, they need to keep him in front of them. Don't just go for sacks. You know, I know they love getting sacks, but keep him back there long enough and have the the DBs confuse him. Uh, front seven needs to stay in their lanes and just allow Hurts to make mistakes. He's a rookie. Let's not forget that. He had nine rushes for almost 70 yards and like eight yards of carry against the Cowboys, a much worse defense. So he can do some damage there. But with that being said, lesser teams have gotten to him over the last two games. He's gotten sacked nine times the last two games. So and crazy stat. And I know it doesn't translate over to Hertz as much, but they've got 62 sacks they've given up this year. These guys can go down and, and shit, Washington had eight had eight of those in the first week. Yes, it was right. Wentz, but their offensive line is trash. Hertz is going to hold on to the ball and you got to hurt, quote unquote, hurt him, I guess. I mean, I knew you were going to do some <laughs> shit like that. I, I was waiting for it. I was like, what the hell's taking so long? But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. He has six fumbles in three games. That too, yeah. Six fumbles in three games. Last game, he had two picks and two fumbles against Dallas. And one of them was on one of his lengthy runs. So... Just get to this guy. Kill this dude. But Contain. don't don't go crazy with it, though. You know. No, I, I know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I know. Go after it in a contained mode. Yeah. Just close the pocket down. If he has to roll out, play your side and make sure he doesn't get outside the pocket. That's it. Simple as that. Yeah. It, easier said than done. But hey, this offense since he's been in though is no joke. Okay. They're number one in the league in the three games that he started. They're yeah. the number one offense yardage-wise in the league. They're number four rushing. Give it part of it is him. They're averaging 171 yards on the on the ground since he's been for this three games. 171 yards. That's fourth in the league. That's pretty good. We're not talking. And you said, oh, you know, hopefully they lose, and you know they're going to come. I was like, look, this team is very different than what they were a few weeks ago. Yeah, but All I, right. I would say that, I mean, the Eagles offense... They They're just not putting up points. Right, they had 17 points against the Cowboys, and that's what Washington does. They don't let teams score a lot of points. They may give up some yards, but they do the bend but don't break, get a turnover here and there. The Cowboys were giving up 30 points a game before that, and they could only muster up 17. I know they put up a lot of yards, but let's not forget that there's three weeks of tape on Hurts now. My point is this, though, Matt. Here's the issue, and you're absolutely right. Yeah, this bend of dough break shit, it works. They don't give up a lot of points. Washington's offense needs volume of possessions in order to score. They don't have time to be bullshitting around. They're not Kansas City or New Orleans or something like that that could do wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Right. This ain't going into a freaking buying a motel for an hour. They need a whole weekend of shit. (laughs) All right? So... To give them three, four possessions in a game, Washington is not going to be able to have the volume of possession in order to put up points because their offense is dog shit. So to allow this guy to trudge down the field and dominate possession-wise is not going to work either because Washington needs the ball. No, agreed. Agreed. I just think that Cowboys game was telling and Miles Sanders had 57 yards in that game, 3.8 average. Yes, their numbers are high, but keep in mind the Cowboys defense is horrendous. We've lit them up both times. So they were able to hold Miles Sanders to a a reasonable number. Not that we have a great run defense, but at the same time, they held Hurts pretty much in check. I mean, he almost had 70 yards. That's a lot for a quarterback, but not a lot for him. So I just think you're starting to see some cracks in the game and you got to confuse him and and preferably before the third quarter. Can we right. do that? <laughs> yeah. Can we do that? And and here's one other thing that I do not want to fucking see happen, and I will be irate. If I see a fucking Deshaun Jackson bomb. You will. I swear <laughs> to God. Thank goodness I'm getting a new TV. When's that coming in? Tomorrow. Finally. Oh, yeah? Finally. Congratulations. Everyone, I have been waiting for this 75-inch fucking TV. I ordered this the last week of freaking November. It's just been MIA out there. Finally. It's not here yet. 
So let's uh, until I see the whites of its beautiful 4K <laughs> eyes. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Well, you'll be able to see uh, Deshaun Jackson's pimples yeah, when he's running yeah. 80 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> but yeah, hey, this is definitely a winnable game. It's a should win, but you never know. Never know. All right, so let's get to predictions then. Not doing it. You're not doing a prediction? I am not doing a prediction this week. I'm sorry, everyone. Mm. I am on a freaking tailspin of them. I'm too close to it. All right. Well, I'm too close to it. Hey, I know they want to hear predictions. Well, maybe they don't. Maybe they just want us to shut the fuck up on them. Well, I'm going to get but them. I can't do it this week. I'm sorry. It's it's too close to the vest. All right. Well, I've been actually kind of a good luck charm. I've been right pretty much the last six weeks ish. I think I did. We didn't make one when Doc was on, but I would have picked that game. Okay, so you wouldn't have picked Washington to beat Carolina? No, I wouldn't have. I swear, I really thought that Carolina was going to win that game. I just did. It didn't. Okay. It did not feel good to me at all. And truthfully, this one doesn't really feel great either. No, I felt better about the Carolina game than I feel about this one. That's why I'm not touching it. I'm sorry. All right. Well. The Eagles have got a lot of guys injured that would probably play if this game meant something, which will help. Hopefully they don't play. You know, it won't be a, a Giants uh, reincarnation type game. The odds makers, I've been reading a lot, think that they're going to be at, they're going to hold them out like Cox, for instance. I just don't see Chase Young allowing this team to lose this game. I just don't. I think he's going to take over this game and he will die on the field to make sure that they do whatever they possibly can. He did that last week. I just think that they're not going to make as many mistakes this week. I mean, they had four turnovers in the first quarter. You don't have Haskins there anymore. I think that he was a real bring down for the entire team. And you could really see that. I think that we're underestimating how much of the morale he was bringing down because of the awk. It's like having my mother-in-law in the house, for instance. She won't hear this. <laughs> we're going there. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're in the common area. I don't get to be myself because she, she's there. But it's kind of the same thing with Haskins. He's kind of like that guy you don't want there, but you have to grin and bear it. You know what I mean? And I feel like when he, once he was he's out... He's my quarterback. He's my quarterback. <laughs> and you could see it in Chase Young's eyes. He was pissed that he was even there after that press conference. He didn't yeah. want him there. And the teams really seemed to rally around Heineke. Again, hopefully Alex Smith plays. And you know I think a lot of it's going to have to do with McLaurin and Smith playing. But even so, um, I see them making Hurts look like a rookie this time. I think they got enough film on him. Hopefully, it starts prior to halftime. But the offense just doing enough to get them over the hump to win this game. It's going to be tight. Stomach's going to be in knots the entire game, I have no doubt. But I think this game's going to end with Washington winning in a 17-13 game. Wow. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that would be a good scenario for Washington because of their defense. You know, I think it's going to be a little bit more higher scoring than that. But like I said, I'm going to give this one a wide berth. <laughs> and I just hope that they win and we can move on with our lives and move on to the playoffs and see who we're going to uh, enjoy in that game. Well, I think if they can somehow get through this game, McLaurin doesn't play. I think that they'll be at full strength at that point and, and we'll have a much yeah. better chance. All right. Enough of that. Coming up next, we're going to have an interview with Brian O'Ringer. Stick around for that. It's almost that time when you put your name in a grid and hope that your box hits the final score, but you don't have to wait until February to start winning. With boxes, you can play box pools every day for every game. Boxes is completely free to play, and you can win big. Washington football fans who download the app from the App Store or go to boxes.com, that's B-O-X-I-Z.com, and use our code BROS20 to get free bonus boxes where you can win cash and prizes. We'll have new games every week and incredible prizes in the playoffs. And for the big game, that will include tickets to next year when fans can finally return in 2021. So go to boxes.com for more info or download the app now. B-O-X-I-Z. Use the code BROS20 when you sign up and when you enter our contest. It's free for you and your friends to get in and win. Boxes. It's anyone's game. All right, so let's bring in former NBA scout with the Raptors and Hawks and head video coordinator with the Wizards. Brian Oringer. You can follow Brian at Twitter at Scout with Brian. Also check out his YouTube page. Brian also has a podcast called Scout with Brian, where he talks about all things NBA. And finally, Brian's website is scoutwithbrian.com. So very smart to go all Scout with Brian there, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss anything? Uh, no, if, if you can't find me after all that, though, you, you got something else coming. So. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, but thank you so much for coming in today. We really appreciate it, especially on such short notice. So, you know, just messaged you today and you came on just like that. So 
No, very appreciate nice you guys you. having me. Always, always happy to talk uh, awesome Wizards basketball. Get my <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's something. <laughs> yeah, it's something. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I want to be honest. Someone retweeted your tweet about Scott Brooks, where you said, and I, "If it's okay with you, I wanted to read it real quick because it was so great." Sure. All right. So you said, um, "I gave Brooks all the pregame whiteboards we'd used the season before." He goes, what would you say if I told you it'll be empty some this season? He wasn't kidding. Like 80% of the games, we had nothing on the whiteboard. Nothing. And then you went on to say, should I keep going? Okay. (laughs) Uh, There was a PNR play for John Wall where that was nearly unguardable. Randy Whitman's best play. I gave Brooks film of it multiple times. It was John's best action by far. Brooks wouldn't run it because it wasn't his. Too stubborn to give Whitman any credit. Then, you know, we started looking into your background with the team, the videos you put out, your tweets, all that stuff. And and we were like, we got to get this guy on. So here we are. And I'm excited. I know Noel is too. So <laughs> no, yeah. I, like I said before, it's really, it's right up our alley, man. We've been hoping for someone as uh, with more intelligence and be able to <laughs> say it a little more eloquently than we can, but it's awesome yeah. to have you on. No, yeah. I, yeah, I spent uh, six years total with the organization. I, I grew up a fan. I mean, my favorite uh, you know, players go, growing up were the big three of Gil, Karan, and Antoine, and I just absolutely love those teams. And it was awesome to get to uh, to work for you know the team I grew up rooting for, but definitely uh, not in the greatest state right now. And uh, hoping they get to some better times soon because you know a guy like Brad deserves to deserves to win. I, I loved working with him, and I don't like uh, what's going on around him right now. Unfortunately, yeah, no one does, but. <laughs> Before we get into what's wrong with the Wizards, because, you know, there's a ton. But for those who don't know, can you explain what a head video coordinator does for an NBA team? Sure. I, I tell people that that title is a little bit misleading. I mean, if, if I could, you know, give it a new title, it, it's almost like you're the you're the head of like the game planning process or the game planning strategy. You really, you know, people always think I'm some sort of videographer or something. I, you never touch a camera. You're just working with the with the coaching staff basically on all the game plans, making sure we have every play call for the opponents, every tendency, uh, all the video, you know, you're doing that for ourselves, obviously making sure we, we have all our, our clips ready to go and are able to, you know, watch our games and study them pretty closely. And uh, I tell people it was almost like getting an MBA in basketball. You know, you're in every single coach's meeting. You know, I, I got to work for three head coaches ultimately in D.C. And, you know, you're on the court for practice. You help out with player development. So it's really just an all-encompassing uh, job. And obviously it's, you know, what Spolstra, Vogel, a lot of the head coaches in the NBA started in that video room and uh, helped me learn a, a tremendous amount about the game. Yeah, that's – that's a dream job right there. <laughs> it really is. So <laughs> so when it comes, go into your tweet and go into the Scott Brooks issues, which there's a plethora of them. But what is he, anti-game planning? Is he just fly by the seat of his pants? Is he coach by feel? Whatever that means. Um, I mean, is he like, you're you're the bookworm that he doesn't want to listen to because he's, a, he's the athlete type guy? What's his issues? I guess. I was honestly pretty shocked to, to find it. But, but yeah, I mean, he just doesn't really – prepare i mean i I guess maybe i was a little spoiled coming from from whitman who was a a maniacal game planner you know and just wanted to watch (laughs) watch five straight games of every opponent and have you know we'd have 100 clip meetings every morning for two hours like he was super obsessive but uh yeah you know brooks obviously had the rap more of being a player's coach and being more laid back but uh to me i I think he really skimped in, in terms of the game planning process and he had you know, a lot of assistants who he was close with from, uh, you know, just old times who weren't quite frankly qualified to be doing the stuff that were doing ridiculous amounts of, of scouting work they shouldn't have been doing. Uh, you know, he, he really hardly watched any film uh, himself. Um, you know, it, it was just a very lackadaisical environment. And uh, I feel like the like I said, the game planning process was we were at an advantage coming in, you know, going into every game with Randy Whitman. And I felt like with Brooks, the, the team was underprepared uh, basically every night. Well, wow. how did how did that feel at that point when he's basically just squashing the work and the hours that you're putting in on game planning? And he just goes in and basically is just, yeah, thank you for your service and just moves on and does his own thing. I mean, how does that work? Obviously, yeah. it didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it still anything, doesn't, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm thankful at least that it, uh, you know, affirmed for me that that stuff is important, right? That, that I think the preparation side is is vital, and like, you know, when he got there, 
like like the quote you read actually for example where he said you know what if i told you the the whiteboard would be blank a bunch of nights you know there, there's obviously two schools of thought right there's there's the extreme uh you know, hardcore Bobby Knight, <laughs> Randy Whitman uh, style, which is to, to ride players pretty hard. And then there's the total opposite end uh, where Brooks, you know, is pretty buddy-buddy and, and um, you know, tries to cultivate, I guess, a more positive environment. But, uh, you know, I guess the real best answer is probably somewhere in between them because, uh, you know, even though maybe Whitman was a little too extreme at times, I, I mostly found Brooks, like I said, to be, you know, way too laid back and, uh you know, I guess it worked for him to an extent in Oklahoma City, but it just clearly has not worked out here so far. Yeah, this is uh, shocking stuff. I'm not going to lie. It really is. This is this is eye opening. And another reason why we wanted you on here, because this is awesome stuff. You're not going to hear anywhere else, truthfully, maybe except on your podcast. But anyway, <laughs> with Westbrook here, obviously the trade wall trade for Westbrook. Does this extend Brooks's shelf life with the team, in your opinion? I hope not. I mean, it, if anything, I, both. I, I feel like should kind of shorten it, you know, because this is how many more excuses can we use now? Like this is this is his guy. This is the, the guy that he clearly wanted. And he's been raving, you know, all, all season, even saying this is the best chemistry he's had since since he's been here. And, um, you know, the, the, if he can't win with, with Russ here, who does he need to win? Right. So I don't know. I mean, I, I Ted is obviously notorious for being very slow to, to make changes and, you know, it doesn't like paying multiple people and it's not like they have a, a super qualified uh, interim head coach or anything on the staff. But I mean, you know, I thought it was pretty telling at first, obviously just going into this year with him on a one-year deal and not uh, talking about an extension or anything. And, you know, if the way they're playing keeps up and they, you know, don't make the playoffs, I, I can't see, any world in which he would possibly warrant uh, getting an extension after this. Well, I mean, gosh, Leonsis is a loyal guy, but even in this case, he's been over backwards to make this team a quality team. And for him to feel like he has to extend them out based on Westbrook, I agree with you. I would just find that shocking. Yeah, no, I mean, they, the, the mandate's pretty clear, right? Like this was even for Brad to, to try to keep him in town. Like they needed to, they need to make the playoffs this season. So I'm sure if they... You know, if they turn this around and could be a six or seven seed, then obviously, you know, you'll talk about it a little more if, if say, you keep Ross and him for another couple of years and see what they can do together. But uh, if it continues on the current trend and they're in the, you know, 10 to 12 range and not even really close to it, uh, I think you have to make a change at that point. Other than the Brooks part of things, which is a large part, in my opinion, as well, What's going on with this team, personnel-wise, on the court? It's not just the plays. It's the heart out there. It's the effort that's being put on the floor. doesn't look like it's there at all. Yeah, I think everybody deserves uh, some of the blame, quite honestly. I think the front office deserves a good deal of blame. Um, you know, like I mentioned, with, with really the importance of this season going into it for the big offseason acquisitions to be uh, Neto and Robin Lopez, I think we're you know, not nearly enough. Um, I, I think it's just a really weird fit, especially when you had a perfectly fine backup point guard, Nish Smith, why they would go out and sign Neto. So now you've got ridiculous lineups where they're both playing together, plus Russ or Beal. Um, you know, Lopez, I, to me, is like, okay, as a minimum type player in the league, but they gave him a awful lot of money for a guy that's, you know, not even one of the better backup centers, really, in my opinion. He's not um, even the better brother, right? Oh, not even By close. far, not even <laughs> yeah, close. He can't even win his own family. <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, you know, Thomas Bryant, to me, I think is just – I think he's kind of the biggest disappointment. I, I don't think he's a starting center at all. I think their defense is always going to be pretty terrible uh, with him kind of anchoring things from the back. And, uh, yeah, that makes it really hard to win. You know, Brad and Russ have been good, not great. I think they both need to play a little bit better, but uh, – yeah, I mean, obviously with Rui, that, that's been a big loss, not having, you know, one of your starters. Denny's been okay, but otherwise the team is just pretty thin. None of the none of the prospects between Brown and Robinson and all those guys have really developed into anything, and uh, it's just kind of a mishmash of, uh, of strange fits, if you will. I heard on another podcast that you were on, and you mentioned that John Wall was probably the smartest player you've ever been around, that he could remember plays from like six years ago, things like that. Through these four games, do you think that they made the right choice with this trade? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really tough question to answer and, and, and a really good question. I mean, I, I think I think they probably had to do it, especially considering that, uh, you know, just how disgruntled John was and, and that you probably, you know, weren't getting the best version of him uh, since he, you know, was obviously upset about them kind of handing things over to Brad and how, you know, floating him out in, in the trade in the first place. So I, I think the trade still really did make sense for both teams. And I'm glad to see that, you know, at least in the preseason, John has looked pretty good for for Houston so far. And I, I think Russ has has mostly been what you've uh, what you'd expect in D.C. But uh, but, yeah, you know, you, you're seeing that they are different players that I think John is much more of a true point guard. He, he makes more plays for his teammates, sees the floor a little bit better. Um, you know, Russ can give you a little more kind of like mid-range scoring and go on some scoring bursts uh, from the post at times. And he's, you know, certainly had some really good stretches. But, uh, yeah, you know, obviously for both him and Scotty, it's it's going to be really important that they turn this around. Otherwise, you know, a lot of the narrative already about Russ is, has gone downhill and, uh, you know, is starting to kind of support the idea that he's not – uh, you know, an all-star caliber player anymore. I watched the games multiple times, all four of them. To me, and maybe I'm delusional, Westbrook looks slow. He doesn't have a burst, never pushes the ball up the court. And I feel like with Wall, and I'm, I, I've always been a Wall fan. I, I, I was very distraught by the trade because I wanted to see that opportunity finally yeah. come to fruition. But we're here now, and I'm looking at Westbrook, and yes, he's getting the numbers, he's getting the triple-doubles, but there's no pace to the floor. He brings it up slow. They're down by points, and he's still lollygagging the ball up the court. I'm, I'm concerned. He kind of looks like Gilbert after the torn knee. Yeah, I mean that's that's scary, but that's, that's a good point to be honest. I, I watched I think the last two or three, at least most of them. But uh, but yeah, I mean, come to think of it, you're absolutely right that that Russ, you know, last season, I mean, he he was one of the fastest players in the league for Houston, and their their pace was incredible, and he. You know, was one of the leaders in fast break points, and and I can hardly think of uh, you know any time I even saw him really get a fast break bucket in these games so far. So the only thing I guess you could say in his defense is you know since he wasn't very happy with Houston and obviously the shortened off season, maybe he's still kind of working his way back right. in a, into shape. I hope. And, you know, not a hundred percent, but yeah, I, that that aspect of his game. Uh, definitely doesn't look close to what it was in his prime and even what it was last year. I just personally think looking at Westbrook's game and, and Noel and I have talked about this, but I think that he's going overboard to try to get the other players involved. He's going out of his way not to take over the game. I hope that's what it is. And yes, I agree. He does look a little slow and there's, the defenses are definitely collapsing on him so he can't drive to the basket. But do you think that that's some, a part of this as well? Because he's slapping hands and he's slapping asses and all that kind of stuff to you know to make sure everybody feels involved. Yeah, and he's getting his with his triple doubles, but I don't feel like there's that time where he's just going to say, screw it, I'm going to take over this game. Yeah, I think he's definitely trying to kind of feel his way out a little bit. You know, I think certainly last year in Houston, I mean, you know, he had a big role, but, but Harden's the alpha, right? You always know in Houston that Harden's going to dominate the ball. He's going to take the last shots. Um, you know, and I think maybe he came to D.C., thinking that that guy would be Brad, um, mm. you know, and Brad's obviously a great player, but that's, that's also not really his personality, right? He's, him and John even always kind of bickered over that. And, you know, who would take the last shot was always a, a conversation. And, you know, Brad at times has moments of, uh, of him being way too passive and not really taking over games when he should. So, uh, yeah, I think Russ is certainly trying to, you know, balance being the new guy, balance being a leader, balance being, you know, second fiddle to Brad, but then also, you know, probably needing to take over the game at times. So not not an easy position for him. And, uh, you know, I, I do think he's a big part of the reason I'm not willing to write off the season yet. I mean, I, I, I don't think the team has quit. I don't think the effort has been atrocious. I just think, you know, obviously the coaching needs to be a lot better and, uh, you know, they need Rui back and they need everybody to play better. Well, with the personnel lineups, I mean, it didn't help. You were talking earlier about this, this three-guard lineup. I saw it in the preseason, and I talked about it on an earlier show, that it had just had to to get these guys minutes on the floor. But here we are, four games in, we're seeing it four for four. And this Neto-ish Westbrook or Neto-ish Beal lineup and the matchups that they have for it, what is what is he looking at that I don't see? 
The only <laughs> thing I'll say in his defense is that I, I just I don't even know who's better, and that's what's sad about uh, the team that they've put together and, and the front office, or even just the player development, which does fall back on Brooks. But like, you know, Troy Brown has looked mostly terrible through these games. Oh, Jerome man. Robinson doesn't look like an NBA I, I player. I showed Noel your tweet about that, and that he was uh, he lit up with that one because oh, he hates Troy Brown. Oh with my all gosh, soul. a player that I've never seen evolve less. Yeah. Just by osmosis, you would have felt that his game would get a little bit better by accident. Yeah, it's it's almost un- unbelievable. It's, you know, it, it reminds me of like, I mean, you guys are old school Wizards fans like me. You know, the year that Kwame Brown leapt to like a double double, you know, and everybody thought, oh, he's figured it out. And then the next year he was back to <laughs> averaging like five a game or whatever. It's like. But I, I think the thing is, though, that know? Troy Brown thinks he's good. Yeah. And that's the thing that bothers me the most. He has so much confidence out there and he's just bricking three after three. And he's like, who gave you the green light to do this? Yeah, it's really it's mind boggling. I mean, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, his, his basketball IQ is still terrible. I mean, it, it's it's kind of hard to believe that after this long and, you know, this much time to develop and as much film as he should have been watching that he still just really has no feel for the game he still makes terrible decisions i mean yeah so going back to the question i mean i yeah i I think uh you know the only thing that might make it defensible is just that uh you know who else does he have like the line the options are terrible um you know but then that brings it back to the front office like you could have signed you know langston galloway etuan moore like there was some solid two three types out there that could have backed up brad and instead you sign a third point guard when in my opinion ish you know was perfectly fine in that backup spot um you know so now Neto probably is one of your best eight or nine players but obviously you know the lineups with him and ish and, and brad and everybody are, are a disaster they're just too small um so yeah well do you think that ish has played well this year i think he's looked terrible just completely lost out he last year when he was starting you know, he had some moments for sure. I think Neto, if I were to choose between the two, yeah, Neto didn't have a great game last game. I think he wasn't really playing very confidently, but, you know, he's he's shown up and he looks like he's got some game, but Ish looks awful right now. And he looks like he needs to get his when he gets out there. He's trying to push things, but nobody yeah. else is running with him. And I don't know, if I were to choose, they just got to make a decision. Who's going to be the backup point guard and stop with this three point guard lineup bullshit so that they can just move on with their lives let let one of them sit right yeah i mean it's almost like uh you know they, they've decided on Neto as the backup point guard but then they've also decided on him as the backup shooting guard right like right. I, I think maybe the reason he looks better than ish also is because you know they are playing the two or even the three out there a lot Neto can make a spot up three you know his shots a little bit better than ish's three which you know is pretty terrible um so yeah, I mean, I, I think if Ish was just given the ball and, and got to play with some, you know, some of the athletes on the team, Bonga, and got to create some shots for Denny or something like that, you know, he'd look better. But yeah, certainly asking him to play like the two-three and just spot up is is not going to work. And Neto is is better at that, although it's certainly not a great uh, great spot for him either, as we saw last game with him. Uh, you know, shooting over six or whatever it was from three. Yeah. Circling back to Brooks, not just the game planning, it's the personnel usage, like you were talking about with Ish or with Neto. If these guys can give solid five minutes or solid six minutes, fine. You should be cherry on top, but he's playing these guys to the point that they start to play poorly and they wear out their welcome on the court. And I don't think that's the intention for a guy like Ish, Neto, even a Troy Brown, Bonga to a certain extent where he's playing these guys in awkward minutes, extended time, to the point that they're rearing their ugly head and showing what they actually are. Yeah, no, I, I think he certainly does not have the uh, the best best feel for that, and that's another area where, you know, to be honest, I, I remember, like, you know, Randy Whitman would, would discuss that stuff every morning in the meetings, like, right, how long does, uh, does Ish play in the second quarter? You know, how do we get Brad his six minutes of rest like how can we get by with these guys you know and brooks is more kind of just oh i'm gonna go off feel and we're gonna uh you know try to <laughs> try whatever lineup fly yeah, fly by the exactly. seat pants, what right? happens so yeah I mean, and it shows up on exactly. the court for sure and i just put out even a video on youtube um you know breaking down the uh 
Orlando game when they're up 17 at the start of the fourth right. quarter. And, you know, even Drew Gooden is saying on the broadcast, like, no, put put Brad in. Put, get get know, these guys out. Go for the throw. <laughs> they need to, you know, crush this team right now. And he not only, you know, doesn't do that, he also, you know, lets them score not once, not twice, but like four times before he finally calls timeout. Um, you know, and those mm. things just are, are – poor decisions that that cost you games quite frankly this is the second season my wife has ever watched nba basketball she's become a huge wizards fan she's screaming at the tv (laughs) why don't you put these guys when drew was saying this on tv you say just put them back in put the the foot on the neck and end this thing well when when justin uh Cutcher, whatever, have a, a better feel than your head coach. It's, uh, <laughs> right. it's not a good sign, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting out of control. He's like actually quasi bashing Brooks. Like, w- what's with these yeah. lineups? They're getting yeah. crushed out here, and like he's sitting there yeah, and saying this. <laughs> and yeah, and you're right. He has a better feel than Brooks does. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, no. I mean, that one in particular was just kind of mind boggling. I mean, you know, I understand. Okay, you want to get him rest for a minute or two, but like. Okay, they're on a four nothing run, six nothing run. Like, use your timeout, get them back in the game. Something, <laughs> something. Yeah, it's perplexing. Uh, well, final one here because we don't know if we'll have you on again. If if you'll be nice enough to stop by, you know, we we would appreciate <laughs> it. But but you know, we're gonna enjoy the time sure. we have with this zero and four start. Is this a sign of things to come, or do you see them turning this thing around, or? Is this who this team is? I mean, they're going to win a game at some point, but what are they closer to? Yeah, so, uh, you know, what I should have done a better job, and maybe you guys can even tell me, I, I really haven't looked at, like, the upcoming schedule much. So, uh, you know, kind of I'm sure it depends on what their next five or ten are and, you know, if how they quickly they, or how much they can turn it around. But uh, I will say, like I said, I, I don't think the team quit, you know, watching that the Bulls game. I mean, I – you know, certainly wasn't good, certainly wasn't a crisp performance or anything, but I, I didn't think the effort was horrendous, um, you know. And, and so, yeah, I mean, my thoughts going into the season were, okay, like I, I love Russ and just his motor and everything in general, um, you know, but we kind of already saw we saw a team with John and Brad. The, the most they ever could do was, you know, 49 wins, and that was with really good big men, right? That was with Nene and Gortad, or, you know, at least perfectly solid ones. Now you have, in my opinion, the worst starting center in the league in Thomas Bryant. And, you know, like we talked about, just a a pretty awful depth and the rest of the roster is much weaker than it was. Um, You know, so so my expectation coming into the season was, okay, they'd be around the 7-8 seed. Um, You know, right now, based on what we've seen, I'd probably lower that to like 9-10, which, you know, at least thankfully this year gets you into the the play-in tournament, gives you a chance to make it. But, uh yeah, I, I never really understood the people that thought, oh, this is a top four seed now, this is yeah, a God. conference finals or a championship contender. Like, I, you know, I, I didn't see anything about the team that would suggest that. Um, so right now I certainly think they look closer to imploding than uh, <laughs> than that kind of team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if they can right the ship and, and start to string together a few wins, I, I certainly – think they should be in the mix at least to uh, to be in the playing tournament at the very so worst. So you're – Saying we should bring Randy Whitman back. Okay, got it. All right, that's the only chance we have. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Don't you miss? What's him he now? doing these days? You didn't, you didn't think you'd uh, you'd miss Randy Whitman that much? I never yeah, did. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on, Brian. We really, really appreciate it. And again, you can follow Brian on Twitter at Scout with Brian, and also check out his YouTube page and podcast Scout with Brian, where he talks all things NBA. So please check that out. He's not just a Wizards guy; he's a all NBA guy. Very, very knowledgeable about a subject that you know. Know, Noel thinks he's knowledgeable about, but this guy I do really okay, is. but yeah, you, it kills me. I'm <laughs> and then uh, also check out Brian's website, scottwithbrian.com. Keep in mind, that's with a Y, not an I. So if you're searching, make sure you do that. So anything else, Brian, that we can promote for you? Uh, no, I think he had mostly everything. I think just uh, I'm sure Wizards fans would like that video or not like it, but uh, be more distressed by, by the video I just put out of the uh, no doubt the Orlando fourth quarter. But uh, yeah, well, it was not fun to watch. <laughs> so all right, well, thanks so much again for coming on, and um, hopefully we will uh, see you down the road. Yeah, thanks, Brian. It was great. Yeah, yeah appreciate you guys for having me. <laughs> All right, so on to the top five. Let's do this. Let's do it. Noel's favorite part. 
<laughs> he would not allow this thing to go. You know, he was 100% in. No, I was full speed ahead. <laughs> new year coming up. We've got to get it in. We've got to have that new mindset. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, New Year's is coming up. <laughs> Today is New Year's Eve. Tomorrow is the new year, right? Yeah. So that's how this works. That's how it works. New Year's Eve is the day before. Yes, yes. I, I think yeah. I've got it straightened out. But So we're going to do another non-sports theme top five. So bear with us, but I think you'll enjoy it. This time, we're going to give our top five pointless New Year's resolutions. The, and the top five is probably pointless, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, it hits home with people. Everybody does this shit and everybody has like their little guilt when this time of year comes around. And I've realized this and I've never done resolutions. Resolutions are about as sustainable and realistic as the pullout method. (laughs) Jeez, (laughs) man, it really is. They really are. You could do them for a while. You know, but at the end of the day, nature takes its course. Nature, (laughs) It does. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, you hear it every year from friends, you know, co-workers, family members, whoever. They're all stupid and pointless. So dumb. It's almost as bad, I hate this, as someone saying, see you next year. Oh, my God. I want to punch somebody in the fucking face. (laughs) Because, you know, it's next year, the next day. Yeah, you're so witty. So witty. Fucking morons. Um, I do have a resolution of my own before we get started. Okay. Do you? Find someone to edit these goddamn podcasts for me. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's another disappointing one that'll come (laughs) i was gonna say you you know anybody you know anybody knows somebody on the show perhaps resolutions so riddled with disappointment new resolutions you (laughs) well that's another one i'll lose out on all right let's start what's your number five Noel? my number five is more me time i'm gonna make time for myself Mm -hmm. and most of the people say that have kids yeah you know hey you shouldn't have had them sorry what the fuck do you want? More me time. What do you want? Like a, a she shed? <laughs> she Shut shed. up. Okay, you have kids when they leave the house. God willing, they do at some point. You're going to have time. Until then, you shouldn't have got knocked up and had kids. If you wanted to have me time, you could have all the me time you wanted in the world. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, on January 1st, you decide, you know what? I've got a, a screaming five-year-old that won't stop humping my leg. January 1st, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have some me time to hell with that kid. Yeah, what are you going to do with him? Put him in a cage? I mean, you know, Joel, if you listen back to the top five, speaking of people that you shouldn't be watching games with, remember, you know, go back to that. No one on a nice rant on that. He actually has a name for it. It's called Joel time. He's a uh, 42 year old man with no responsibility. His entire life is time. That's the point. Because Fridays, he'd be like, hey, you got you want to hang out on Friday when, you know, Uh, the world was normal. He's like, ah, that's Joel time. uh, Sorry, man. (laughs) Joel time. It's like every day of your life is Joel time. Fuck you. How I envy him. Oh, my God. And hate him at the same time. (laughs) He he always says that he envies me. Like, you have no idea, buddy. Oh, grass is always greener. Uh, (laughs) All right. What's your number five? Go for it. My number five is start being to work on time. This is heard a lot from a lot of late people. You know, it's people that are always late to work, you know, and typically if you're late to work, you're late to everything. I'm actually not late to work, but I just wanted to make that clear. But, you know, yeah. that's that's uh, that's never going to change. You are who you are. And trust me, I I know because I'm one of them. No, no, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't make this one one of your resolutions because well, you'd fail it in a that's day. That's why it's right. stupid. Exactly. Because, you know, yeah. you might do it. Oh, I'm going to wake up 30 minutes earlier and get to work 10 minutes early and bullshit. No, you're not. Give me a fucking break. I mean, there are situations you're not even just late. You're just MIA. I don't know if like you drop dead somewhere. You're on a corner somewhere dead. Well, that, that, it's gotten worse <laughs> with you. younger children, especially. It, it, it has. But yeah, no, this is bullshit. You know, just get to work on time, you idiot. Right. Just go to work on time. You have to be there at eight. Get there at eight. And if you can't do it, accept it. Yeah. Accept your fate. Or get fired. Yeah, you could do that, too. All right. What's your number four and all? Less time with TV, phone, or I don't know, electronics. Mm. Going back to my other one. Hey, I don't need a resolution. That is my me time. <laughs> don't tell me I need to be less on those. To do what? That is what I consider fun. Regardless if you people think it's a loser or not, the only me time I have left is to bullshit around on my phone and watch TV. I okay? won't say the game that you play on uh, live air here. Whatever. <laughs> 
Transformers Earthworms, wow, check it. it out. Fucking beast, man. Great game. What's your um, star scream? No, no. Yeah, look, look. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I said the name. I said the game. You don't have to beat it down. <laughs> So yeah, that is my me time. I'm not going to be on my phone less. I'm not going to be on my TV less. I like my TV. Like I said, I'll be getting a bigger one here soon Mm -hmm. and I'll watch it even more. So fuck all of you that say you need to be on your electronics less. I'm fine with it. In fairness, I think that it's more so being so attached to your phone, which a lot of us are. And I can understand that breaking off some time to actually to do what stare at a wall well what do we used to do i don't know what do we used to do i don't know like frolic (laughs) read a paper i don't know read a book yeah read the newspaper yeah you know like do people even read a newspaper anymore why would you even order a newspaper unless you're yeah unless you live in freaking uh the villages (laughs) right that has to be like their primary subscription people is that zip code oh yeah they're they do quite well down there. <laughs> um, all right. Well, my number four is learn something new. Oh, my gosh. Don't you learn something new every day? If you don't, you're a fucking idiot. That's how I take it. Aren't you kind of an idiot if you, you know, I'm learning something new at work every day. I'm picking up new information. And a lot of people say, like, you know, learn to play guitar or learn to throw a football well, you know, some dumb shit like that. Like, or learn a language. Learn a language. You know, you're never going like, to do at that. At 50 years old, you're going to decide, you know what? I want to learn Mandarin. <laughs> Goes a long way. You're done, man. Whatever you know at that point in time, your brain is locked in. Yeah, you're done. There's no advancement. And if you do learn a little bit, believe me, it's going to sound like shit. (laughs) I've heard people of older ages try to pick up like Italian or Portuguese or something. Como te llamas? Or try to do Spanish? Please don't. Do us all a favor. Yeah, do us all a favor. Do not, because nobody can listen to some freaking redneck trying to speak Italian. It is horrific. (laughs) Some redneck. (laughs) Like with that twang on top of the Italian. Oh, my. And they can't roll the R's. Yeah. Oh, God, it's hideous. So learn to be happy with what you already right. know and move on with your yeah, life. That should be a resolution. Yeah. Learn that. So what's your number three, Noel? My number three was the same. Oh, one. okay. Yeah. Is learn something new. Well, good. Be happy with what you know. Right. Right. All right. I, I think you said it all there. All right. Um, my number three is get out of debt. Good luck with that, idiot. <laughs> Bling! <laughs> hey, January 1st. Yeah. I'm on a heating grate. <laughs> <laughs> now it's... <laughs> I, I got to do better with this check. Paycheck to paycheck? Not anymore. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to do that exactly? Are you going to win the lottery? Is that your plan? <laughs> are, are you going to get a new job so you can do that? I mean, you, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, if you can plan on getting out of debt, maybe if you do get a new job, if you're lucky enough to get it on January 1st, then I guess maybe it could work. But how would it work otherwise? I mean, I guess people spend too much money on things, but... Yeah, spend money on but bullshit. But you are who you are. You're going to keep spending right. money on bullshit. The more money you make, you tend to spend more money. That's just how it works. That's the world we live in. And if you have kids and everything else, like going back to that, sometimes you just you have no choice but to spend. Some people don't spend money on bullshit. Yeah. But if you do then yes, you can narrow it down. But if you're coming up with these resolution game plans of learning new things and making me time, all that shit costs money, you idiots. Right. Everything costs money. Everything. It's funny. You know, you talk to your parents and our parents or anybody else. It's like, how can you not save money? Well, I don't know, because everything costs money now. And everything's triple the amount than when, when it was in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s or even the 90s. Health insurance is five times more expensive than it used to be. Or everybody owns a car. Everybody pays a cell phone bill. You pay for internet now. Student loans. Student loans. There's, there's a lot of shit. But yeah, going back to the thing to make that as a resolution. It's almost impossible. Sometimes it's, just, <laughs> sometimes it's just out of your control. I, I mean, you can't just do a bewitched wiggle of the nose and all of a sudden it's just going to be poof. Yeah, I guess you could work at it and nickel and dime it a little bit. But if you're deep down, dude. You better pray better on move it. Into a trailer. Pray on it hard. Better move into a trailer. Maybe you'll do that. <laughs> Downsize. <laughs> All right. So what's your number two? Smile more or be happy. Oh, good luck with that. With you. Shut especially. up. Oh, my. Really? Being happy or smiling more. Imagine someone that just decided, I'm just going to be happy. 
that's a sociopath or a narcissist that just thinks that they're like that cool that they could do something like that. Being happy is a reaction from other people. You can't just decide you're going to be happy. Yeah, I will admit there have been situations where, and as you can say, I get a little passionate about mm-hmm. things. Well, I decide, you know what? I'm going to go into this thing with a positive outlook. And you know what ends up happening? What time was that? Because it only had to be one. <laughs> it's a few. Okay. You know, it's a few. A couple times I have said, you know what? No, you're going to be better today. It's not a resolution. It's just I'm telling myself today's going to be the day. And then you know what? About 10 minutes in, you're like, it's still the same old shit. I might as well be an asshole. Fuck it. <laughs> because it's all reactionary. You're smiling like a bumbling idiot all day? No. I will say, you know, when there's those people that are overly nice, they make me feel good about myself. Oh, they make me sick. It's really those people that ask about you and and you're like, wow, why is this person asking about me? They must really care. And then you take a step back. You're like, why the fuck does this person give a shit about my life? I don't even know who they are. But at the time, it makes me feel kind of okay. You know, I don't know. And they're smiling and they're... No, for me, I don't. I'm like, what's this person's angle? Well, of course. I'm always on. I'm just always on that way. So for somebody to tell me, you know... And people have told me that before. No, you need to smile. You always look angry. Like, it's just my face. Yeah. So basically, that's a... In the new age, that's very offensive. You know, it's funny. I, uh, My wife always says, why do you talk this way? You know, you always have this tone in your voice. I'm like, it's it, this is how I talk. I don't know what to say. Right. Like Jerry Seinfeld. Did you ever have you seen that Netflix his no. special? You haven't? It's awesome. No, but he goes, his wife said the exact same thing. He's like, This is how I talk. The exact same scenario. And I was watching with Chris and I was like, You see? You've known me for fifteen years by now or however long it is. Yeah. You know the difference between me being an asshole and just having a tone or how I talk. It's just how I talk. So it's just it's yeah. just me. No, so if but, I sound like an asshole when people are listening to this, I sincerely could, apologize. Could you <laughs> could you see me all of a sudden on New Year's Day? We decide next week to do a show and you see my puss on freaking Zoom. Hey, uh, having a smile on my face and looking I think like you had an aneurysm uh, or something. Yeah, you think what the hell is heal? Yeah, that would be your first thing, and everybody around me. I mean, this is just how it is. So don't tell me to smile. Uh, I'll remember that. Thank you. Maybe next year, Noel. All right. So my number two is speaking of you must be on something. The people that say they're going to quit drinking or smoking. I hear that so often. I don't know about you. Oh, that's one of the number ones. Yeah, and. So many times from so many people, it always lasts for what, a week max? And then you see them with a cigarette or a drink in their hand or whatever. And it's, oh, it was so hard. I Well, no shit. You're addicted, idiot. You can't just stop on January 1st without an actual plan. It's a conscious decision not to do it. It's not something you can snap your fingers just like the dead or anything else. These people are dumb and they're just finding a reason to do something that they don't necessarily want to do. And the thing is, all these things do is just make you crash. (laughs) They make you feel like a loser. That's all it does. If if I decided tomorrow to stop drinking, which I will not do... (laughs) And because I don't feel like I have a problem, and I don't. Huh. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. No, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I should drink more, honestly. <laughs> Me too. But yeah, what the hell? Just a, like a switch. It's it's so dumb. I think these people feel like they have a, a group that is doing it, and they have a community that's doing it together. You're on your own, asshole. You always are. Everybody's your brother until the rents due. <laughs> well. We haven't talked about the list except for this one, which I think that we both agreed on, right? Yeah. This is the old standby that everybody always says when they start going to the gym. These people, you know, pre-pandemic, I was an avid gym goer, you know, had to stop for a while here as most have. But Yeah, you were getting a little jacked. Yeah, well, times have changed. It's, a, it's 2020, <laughs> right? 2021 is going to be different, I swear. But... um. <laughs> You know, after the new year, the gym always doubles the amount of people. I, I wait for it every single year and it's miserable. You can't find anything. And these slobs are huffing and puffing or just really sitting there. That's the biggest problem. They just sit there and do nothing. Well, because they have no clue. They just think because they got a membership that all of a sudden it's going to be it's poof. Magic. And they're going to just be able to all of a sudden do these regiments and rep. I've actually gone out of my way just to get them off the fucking bench or something. Look, man, you're not doing this right. Like you'll see them like, yeah. 
you know, like one side's up or they're using the machine improperly. Right. And it's painful to watch. And these people are going to get hurt. And they probably do. They probably are so sore because they haven't done anything athletic in 30 years. So they're like, fuck this. I'm never going back. And they just mess up my routine. And then, you know, and you're talking two, three weeks down the road, it's back to normal. And, you know, status Uh, quo. You just walk in. It's like, it's just just a ghost town when you walk in. It's so nice. You can hear your own voice echo. (laughs) It's just so sad. And the thing is, these fitness trainers and all that, they prey on these people. Oh, yeah. The New Year's Rockin' Eve and shit. Planet right. Fitness they, 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 plastered yeah, everywhere. Yeah, all over the damn place. It's so sickening. This is their big time of year. Don't feed into it. If you're a fat ass... Stay a fat ass. Stay a fat ass or do it on your time when you want to, not because you saw a commercial on a good deal in January. That's their year end. You know, everybody has a job and clamors at year end. January is their jam. Oh, yeah. These motivational speakers and all that about quitting smoking and all this shit this is when they're making their money do it because you want to do it and that's what this pointless shit is these fat fucks go in there and wheezing and getting themselves sore where they're in traction for a week i mean give me a break man all they're doing is getting in people's way and they're just giving money to the man it's a scam scam. they know you're never coming back hell no hell no so just be fat and happy if that's what you are i mean shave off 20 years of your life but at least you're happy doing it yeah hell with it you know (laughs) if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but like being dead diet's starving yourself for a week and you know cleansing and all this crap just be happy that should be your resolution that would make me smile is just to for people to leave me the fuck alone and i can do whatever the hell i want yeah that would put a smile on my face yeah all right well that's gonna do it for this episode we're on all major podcast platforms please rate review and subscribe if you like this show please share it on social media also follow us on instagram twitter the facebook group and our website beltwaysportsbros.com hope you guys have a happy new year uh, do us all a favor. Don't go out and spread COVID so we can actually make 2021 better than 2020. So stay inside, watch New Year's Rock and Eve with the rest of us, and be fat and happy like us. Yeah. See you next year, guys. See you next year. See you next year.